welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by our panel of newbies. Say hello, panel. Hello, panel. Joining us today, it's DW. Yo. David. The Cisco is a Bajor. Greg. Hello there. And of course, my co-host, Saima. What up, wheelies? So today we're going to go further into our deep dives on characters in season two. Today we're going to just start digging into some of the newer characters that just appeared in season two and uh, see what we find when we start discussing them. So without any further ado, let's just get right into it. And our first new character that I can think of from from season one, episode one is Varen. Varen Sedai. We love Varen! Oh, yeah. We all love Varen, yes. Varen knows. Just the Encyclopedia Brown of Wheel of Time. <laughs> I like to think her as the, the as Columbo Sedai. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Columbo Sedai. Just one more thing. <laughs> really, you expected some people to, like, suddenly out all of their secrets to her. It was, it was beautiful. And she does it while <laughs> drinking wine and eating the equivalent of... I don't know. Donuts in what? <laughs> <laughs> Except we've seen that they actually do have donuts in what? Actually, I think what she was eating looked like baklava. It uh, looked yeah, very much yes. like baklava. Yes, very much so. Which means that it would be some kind of I don't know, raki as the alcoholic drink. So there you go. <laughs> hey, when we all get together, that's what we're having. <laughs> all right. Yes. Now we know. I have no complaints on this. I have to wonder how the blue Aja didn't get their hands on her when she was choosing Aja's. I have a feeling she knew better than to choose blue. Little recruiting speech. <laughs> yeah. She's got that it, spy thing it's, about it's her. The, but it's, it's the, uh, the sorting hat kind of thing of like, I could be choosing this, but I'd rather be a brown Aja. You know, David, you just put something in my head. What if... She secretly is kind of blue, Aja. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm really a blue, but I'm going to go into the brown so I can feed you info. Because it makes sense, are you suggesting for canon that every Aja has a blue Aja in it? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, yes. I'm, I'm thinking that there, there might be some sleeper agents in, in the other oh, Ajas. Oh, that makes me really hope that the black Aja, which does not exist, absolutely, we have no records of it, but I hope there's a blue in it. <laughs> and not, not in the way that they're going to betray blue. How dare you, DW? How dare you? <laughs> this is now the spinoff that I need in my life. Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible with the Ajas. <laughs> they always get disavowed by the White Tower. <laughs> well, you know, the Avalon seat is of all Ajas and no Ajas. So the best, uh, the best Aes surely has qualities of all Ajas within herself. <laughs> oh, oh. The scroll will self-destruct so, in 10 seconds. So we know who's next. Yeah. It spoke like a blue Aja who's infiltrated our podcast. <laughs> hey, I've told you which Aja I would be, okay? So um, you be careful, considering I'm the... Well, no, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that close. Almost, we were almost there. 
So other thoughts about Varen other than she might be a secret blue? I I think she would be perfect for the Amberlin seat next. Oh. I agree with that. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about her is she made no effort to try and placate anybody. And was like, no, you wouldn't believe me if I, you wouldn't want me to do that. No. And, and just was matter of fact with everything. Cards all on the table while keeping not all her cards on the table as, you know, but it seemed very much like she just put everything forward. This is who I am. You can choose to trust me or not. And that is actually more trustworthy than somebody who tries to insist to you how on your side they are than the person who's like, look, I'm doing this because this is the right thing. Here is my reasoning. But do you think she would want to be the Amelin seat, considering she and Adelius have been in retirement, air quotes? That brings up the beautiful point of the people who deserve power never want it, and the people who want power never, never deserve, deserve it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm just still wrapping my head around Varen as the Amberlin seat. That would be interesting, <laughs> to say the least. That would be a oh, lot yeah. of things. That, um, for later. <laughs> <laughs> Please stay tuned for the podcast after this, where Simon gets to say all the things that we're not allowed to hear. You know, it's, um, I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> where's, where's, your, where's your Ruark mask? It is right here. It's on hand. <laughs> You know, I was when I was on Dusty, it was such a relief to feel like I wouldn't have to stop myself, but I actually did find myself catching because I've got I've conditioned I've been conditioned by being on this podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh can it, I can I go there? No, yes, no, yes. Oh. It is probably like a parent who is trying to realize that they can swear when they're not around their child. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what uh, Simon's talking about, she was recently on an episode of The Dusty Wheel, which uh, you've heard Matt and, and Taylor Hatch of the Dusty Wheel on our uh, our podcast previously. Uh, she was on a, a Lanfira Geddon, what was it called? Lanfira Gaidon, 12-hour yes. live stream. Um, 12-hour live stream yeah. only about Lanfira. Wow. Yeah. Because, season she, two. because she is Matt's when favorite character. Two. And Matt's gone on a six-month sabbatical from what? Um, because he said that he can't just be in and out. He needs to, he you know, he needs to be either all in or all out. When he's tried to tra take breaks before, it's been really difficult. So it was the final show that he did. And uh, yeah, I was really, really uh, thrilled to join and um, was representing with uh, the podcast and the Ruach mask and my crown, which I <laughs> couldn't be bothered to wear today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tuned in for your section and kind of jumped around, saw a few other sections of it, but I... I 12 hours i could not watch that much i, I am a <laughs> wheel of time fanatic and that was that seems like a lot even for me um it seemed like they were going through pretty much frame by frame of every scene that landfair yes. was in and discussing every pebble on the ground it was absolutely it was pretty and intense yeah in my prep I actually watched every single scene with Lanfia and made copious amounts of notes, which I've said to you all in chat that now I have them for when we do our Lanfia <laughs> deep dive. So you watched the, the Lanfia cut? Yes. And no. it's fantastic, I have to say. <laughs> somebody needs to make that. By the way, um, fans out there, somebody do a Lanfia cut and put it up on YouTube. If Actually, maybe it's not allowed. I don't know. 
Any, Ooh, okay. Yeah, that'd be well, too much. Go. Too much of Let's it. Let's all do our personal just, Lanfear cuts then, <laughs> watching at home. Just send the link to whatwatchparty at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Pass around hidden drives, thumb drives that we can just hide places. We'll get cash. Uh, you can geocache it. So all that's going to be removed, right? <laughs> you know, I've, I've actually thought of that previously, what it would be like to do a, from each character's point of view, watch and try to just watch the scenes with each of each of the characters individually. And it sounds like it would be fascinating, but it also fa- sounds like a lot more planning than my ADHD can deal with. Yeah, I missed one scene. I thought I had seen all the Lanfear scenes and I missed one, the one with Leandrin. And, and when it came up, I was like, damn. I forgot that one. What so? What could happen, and is possible to put up online, and somebody with way more time and more focus than any of us is free to do, is a uh, Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet that says who's in what scenes. So if you wanted to, you could know exactly what time code to go to to watch the next scene, and then time code to go to watch the next scene. If you're trying to watch one character, you just go down that column, find the ones they're in. What's the time code? Go go to the next one. Time code. So that is a very complicated project, but if it happened, it would allow people to do that. I ain't doing it. That means spending it. hours in Excel. I ain't doing it. Yeah, no. I love if I'm Excel. Not paid for I, it, ain't I ain't doing, doing it. it. <laughs> I spent ten years working in Excel almost exclusively, and I yeah. ain't doing it. Yeah. You know who probably work loves working in Excel? That's probably Varen. I would say, <laughs> yeah, Baron has spreadsheets. Good, knows all good. of the formulas. Well done, even the ones that the people who created Excel don't know work. <laughs> oh, imagine her in Word. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of Varen's Excel skills, uh, what else do we see with Varen before we move on? Member of the Office Guild. Uh, yeah, just just the the insight the insight is just spectacular you could see the wheels turning in her head and it's uh she's just putting things together and it's glorious that's when a shout out mira sayal again just amazing amazing actor and amazing the way she embodied her yeah oh she absolutely. she's fantastic absolutely mm-hmm. i was going to say an amazing um aspect of that that face that some people can put on that's, oh, I don't know anything while entirely leaning on the fact that they do know. And you better admit what they're they're hinting at without ever laying on the ground that they actually know. Right. There's a um a blooper reel, which um if you haven't seen, I think we can we can share it with you because it's it's spoiler free. And there's a scene of the scene between Leandrin and Berin in the hallway. And Leandrin keeps you know, flubbing her line. I just thought to have Mira Sayal embodying Berin staring at you with, I know what you've been up to, would make any actor flub their lines. <laughs> Especially if the, if the character has something to hide. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It reminded me a lot. My mom used to have a trick that she would use with us kids where she would walk in the room and just say, do you have something to tell me? And sometimes she admitted in her in her later years, she admitted she didn't have anything on us. She just wanted to see what people would admit to. Nice. And my sister has gone on record as saying there were times where she'd walk in the room like, well, I can't tell her that because if that's not it, then she'll have two things on me. Like (laughs) 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 it was a simple sentence. My mom would walk in. Do you have anything to tell me? I think your mom was channeling Varen there a little bit. I think you all spoke about this at the end in the 
rap party about how do you see the future of the character, but um, where do you see Varian going next? I want the Amberlin seat. I want the Amberlin seat. I want. I want to see that happen. So you want to see Varen? You want to see Varen topple Swan? If anything happens to Swan. Oh, if anything happens. To, oh, if so anything now you want something happen. something un, untoward <laughs> to happen to Swan? I see how you if, are. Greg's if, working with the Black if, Aja. It. <laughs> as as Greg dodges off camera, <laughs> I am wearing a black t shirt. Oh, I'm not going to snap. Anyway, I no, thought he was uh, getting up it, to smack you, DW. Like, I'm <laughs> coming. I'm coming. <laughs> no, uh, I've got a little bit of leeway. There's some distance between us. A <laughs> couple time zones. Yeah. We know time and space is very timey wimey in Wheel of Time. Oh, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. <laughs> No, just if anything should happen. I mean, she she kind of got her clock cleaned at the end of uh, the season. So, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying that Swan is vulnerable. I don't know what's going to happen, but if anything does, I don't want it to happen. But if it does, that's my choice for uh, for the new Ermelin. I have a, a character arc that I would love to see. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'll put it out there because occasionally, apparently, I'm right. Um, I'd love the triple agent thing. I'd love for them to turn her to the dark side, only for us to later find out that she never really turned and was always just playing to get more information. I don't really see that happening with her with her character, just in terms of the the, the character, the way it's the way it's built, with the way her character is built. But, uh, yeah, I, I see where that, that could be. That could be cool. So on the back of DW's mm. comment, do you see Varen and also Greg with her, you wanting her to be Amelin's seat? Would she, how political do you think she would be? Would she see the opportunity of Swan being weak and thinking, okay, I can take power? Or is it more about she wants to do good? I think I think it's she wants to do she wants to do good. And if it was a situation where I was choosing, you know, if I had the, you know, if I was on the council that chooses the next Amerlin, she'd be my vote. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. See, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this, Greg, except I don't think she would want to be Amerlin. She isn't the type to directly affect things she's the type to pull the strings i think she would want to be the the keeper pulling the emerald emerald strings behind the scenes so she'd want to be like you know whatever the hand security council or something yeah (laughs) or the hand yeah yeah yeah, there you go i think think it's time to move on from baron (laughs) (laughs) i have have one more hide the face i I could see the move toward the Amarillan seat purely on the fact of somebody ousted um, Suan with the plan of taking the seat, somebody who should never get the seat. And I could see her stepping in and being like, you know what? We can't let her take it. Nobody else is stepping up. Fine. Put me forward. I will take this. I don't want it, but I will take it because that person can't get it. It will destroy everything if that person gets it. The Joe Biden of the White Tower. I don't know. I still think Joe wanted it. I, I'm not well, saying yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, bad, yeah. but he, it wasn't a big That's twist a of the arm. 
that's a different podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, at Sima's request, moving on from Varen. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of Varen, Sima? My no. face is really hurting still. So. <laughs> you did extremely well there, Sima. Thank I am you. proud I, of you. I, I, I am won. so proud. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Ruak, because the whole time I was like, okay. Just channel Ruach. <laughs> all, all of you listeners who've read the book, send your kind notes to Saima on how a great job she did, because you all probably are having the same like <laughs> dun, dun, in your heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, we've got uh, Adelius. 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 How is it? How is it pronounced? Horny Adelius. Horny Adelius. There we go. Yes. <laughs> I want to be her when I grow up. No, Greg, be her now. Don't waste any time. Just go for it. She didn't start late in life. That is not somebody who became that way at some point. She has always been that way. Okay, Greg, when when I was young, I said I wanted to be Statler and or Waldorf when I grew up. And then I got a little bit older and I realized I don't need to wait till I grow up. And I became a cranky old man when I was like 20. (laughs) I thought you were going to say 12. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do we know what aja she was that's that a good question i think in the show it's not unless it's in the um x-ray but I yeah i don't think, I don't think there's a pink the aja and i know that she often wore pink so yeah. it's not <laughs> she's red and white um yeah in in the books she is brown aja but they did okay. not say strictly in the show whether or not she was brown aja that's true because she was writing the book with Varys. So. With Varys, yes. yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah. yeah, and if she was green, she would definitely have one, if not more, waters. Y- yeah, there'd be a harem. Yeah, and one po- one thing we want to point out that's a a difference here with the character is uh, in the books, Varen and and Adelius are not blood sisters. They're they're not from the same. Literal family. They're just sisters from another mister kind of thing. Yeah, they're they're both brown sisters and, and somewhat close. Adelius actually does have a sister in the books, but we they they either have written her out of the show or we won't meet her till later. I have a feeling that it's it's Adelius and Van Dien have been replaced by Adelius and Varen. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Mm-hmm. We never know. You never know. In the books, Adelius has a sister named Van Dien who, well, She's like two years older. They look like twins, and everybody thinks that they're twins. To the point where even the fandom sometimes forgets that they're not twins. They're not actually (laughs) twins, yeah. Um, But, yeah, we get the feeling that they probably just wrote her out and and put Varen in as the other sister just to save on too many characters on your fragile brains. Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm disappointed Rafe thinks that we can't handle 2,782 characters in an eight-season show. I mean, give us some credit. I think Amazon's budget can't hire that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's more the yeah. casting director that can't yeah. handle it. Oh, God. <laughs> about someone's going to push him towards AI. Please, no. Please, no. The poor, okay, poor I take casting that back. director. Please don't do that. No, 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 no. We're happy. We're happy with what we have. No, no, no. No AI. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, getting into... Uh, Adelius, Greg, I'm going to get out of the way and let you talk about Adelius for a minute because I know that you you have thoughts. feelings and thoughts. Oh yeah, just I, I just love 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 that character. It's she she's comic relief, 
she's uh you know she's just that little hint of lightness and and uh that that spark of mischief that is just needed it's just needed to uh to to liven things up i it it's it's it, it's such a great characterization of an archetype that is the imp you know she's the She's the jester. She's the, you know, it, it, it's like if, if Matt, uh, was not so brooding, this is who he could be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't so trauma bound, he, this, this could be, this, 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 this is this. Matt after a life of luxury. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to say something that's either dead on accurate or completely off the mark, but I am looking forward to seeing her channel because I have a feeling those type of characters mm. often end up being badass channelers. Mm. They don't get that sense of confidence and comfort within themselves and have trouble doing the thing that they are there to do. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know about the power, but definitely the ease. Yep. I have a feeling that Adelius will channel with her breasts in a way that Egwene channels with her chest. But it's not the same thing. Like with Egwene, Egwene channels with her chest as a, as power, whereas Adelius would do it in a. Yeah, I'm a, gorgeous, and I'm going to show you. Egwene <laughs> does it where she's like thrusting her chest, like it's a puffed out chest kind of thing. Whereas I think Adelius it's is going to. I think it's heart. Yeah. Yeah, whereas yeah. Adelius is going to, like, point her nipples at what she's aiming at kind of thing, you know? And the weaves will come out. <laughs> she's going to be really thrilled to hear this podcast. <laughs> this is what Party After Dark. <laughs> what I love about Adelius is how everything that Greg said and the fact that she just finds Moraine really irritating because she doesn't appreciate beautiful lamb and she doesn't appreciate all the good stuff that she has in her life it's kind of like um you know somebody who really enjoys everything in life the um is it epicure epicurist you know just mm -hmm. enjoying everything as opposed to moraine who's very you know one single mission and i don't have time to enjoy or deviate from that and i i look at that their dynamic and just find it so interesting and shows more about each of them when you think about imagine a show that was Adelius and Moraine imagine them two having to travel together without anybody else and they'd kill I believe, each other I believe the original script was called The Odd Couple yeah yeah, yeah. that's Ego and Id just personified <laughs> Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau on the road that's it yeah. yep Walter Matuschen Skavaski <laughs> sorry I, <laughs> that's actually his name Walter Matthau um, one of the things that I had to learn being a tour guide at Universal was these different things to talk about if the, if the tram stalls. So you had to have all these things because there's not supposed to be silence. You had to memorize just dumb facts. And one of them was a list of their actual names. And I memorized the longest one and is still in my head is Walter Matuschen Skivaski became Walter Matthau. Wonder why he changed. David, how about you? Any Varen? Oh, sorry. Adelius, my, my brain is still on Varen. Any Adelius thoughts? <laughs> Mostly just that you need that character to, to fill out the setting that they were in. You're in that nice put-out-of-the-way vineyard-type setting, and you have to have that 
know, laid back wino to fill out that setting. Otherwise, it just isn't right. <laughs> but lounging in her beautiful caftans. With all the talk we've been doing about Moraine and her, like I feel like to a certain extent, they were the balance to the scene because Moraine is in that total dark place and everything's brooding and this is horrible and I'm going to treat Lamb bad. You had to have something that lightened up the scene or the whole episode would just be this grating, dragging. Like You needed that levity and she definitely provided levity. I just wanted to bring up what Greg had said previously about Adelius, which is she's all the golden girls rolled into one. Yes. <laughs> Mostly Blanche. Blanche is way st- out front. I stand by that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're all there. Blanche is the best. But would destroy somebody like Sophia would. That's what I'm yes. saying. Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. Taylor would yes. destroy yeah. somebody. With a smile on her face. Exactly. <laughs> and tell a long meandering story. <laughs> That may or may not be true. We really can't tell. <laughs> right. I don't know what her St. Olaf is, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Wheel of Time has to have a St. Olaf. What, what's the what's the word for saint there for them? Taviran? No. Taviran no, Olaf. Taviran doesn't quite work. I don't know. I don't I know the answer for saint. Yeah. One. It's just the dragon. Oh, okay. That's the only, it's the only uh, recognized. No, it would be the Heroes of the Horn. Those would be the saints. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So right it'd up. be Olaf of the Horn? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Back in Olaf of the Horn. Um, I'm now imagining the Heroes of the Horn showing up and the Golden Girls are in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just wielding purses. <laughs> I can see it. Sophia would have a spoon. Yes. I think the final thing to say about uh, Adelius is she is one of the top two characters that everybody on this show would like to have a drink with. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Several. The other obviously being <laughs> Uno. That's, I was, I oh, was yeah. just about yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that Varen might pour the tea, but Adelius would definitely spill it. Oh, oh yes. Adelius would spill it all over. <laughs> There's a, a meeting that I want to happen and probably won't ever. Could you imagine her and Uno sitting down for a drink? Oh, God. That would oh. be amazing. Uh, like I said, several. That wouldn't be just a. <laughs> okay, question. That's, that, that's a happy hour. Who who would drink who under the table between Adelius and Uno? Adelius Uno has, has Adelius. centuries on Uno. Yeah. She, yeah. She, yeah. she knows what she's doing. She's older. Yeah. 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 yeah, Uno and, Uno talks a good game, but uh yeah. yeah it's a lot well, of talk. And in that <laughs> and in that not understanding that she's older, he would underestimate her. Oh yeah. <laughs> but would actually I don't think mind being schooled about it. He'd he'd, uh, he'd have a great story the next day of the time when I said I drank him under the table. Yeah. He would love that. <laughs> Laugh about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the next day. Well, oh, yeah. But... <laughs> two days later. <laughs> a, couple <of> days. <laughs> a week, a month, coming out of rehab. Um... Come on. I feel like Adelaus would at least give him some sort of weave that would rede- relieve some of the pain. <laughs> oh, oh, you know she's got a killer hangover weave. <laughs> I don't think she would give it to him, though, because it's like you've got to learn your lesson properly. So you uh, have to experience yeah. it. <laughs> and long life teaches you that you have to live the life to really learn. And no also, shortcuts. I would say because 
and Aes Sedai cannot use a healing weave on themselves, she probably doesn't have a great hangover weave because she's never been able to do one for herself when she needed it. She's probably never. She convinced Varen to learn one, and <laughs> yeah, yes. Varen's the exactly. one with the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we've also we've also watched them very early in this season mm-hmm. learn how to turn it into water. So she also could have just tricked him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we know that every ice and I knows how to turn something into water. <sighs> it's the opposite of Jesus turning wine into water. Uh, so moving on. Does that make her the Antichrist? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, now really moving on. Really moving on. Uh, let's uh, talk about one of our other new Aes Sedai this season, Shiriam, the Mistress of Novices. We didn't get much time with her, but uh, I think maybe enough to form an opinion or two. Very. She was well-performed. I know yes. what they were going for, and she did a great job of it. And what was that, do you think? The headmistress. Yeah. The, the, the McGonagall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The loving but firm yeah. headmistress that, that looks at all of her students with fondness, but will not hesitate to smack them upside the head if necessary. And make some decisions that are, uh, they think, in the best interest of the child, only to find out as they go further that maybe it wasn't. She's lacking in empathy. I don't know whether that's mm-hmm. just an eye to eye thing when you've been living for so long and you're no longer connected to the outside world that you just carry on. You know, you think, okay, this is what you've got to learn. This is what you have to do. People die. Get over it. Carry on with your training. Like, that was a really difficult scene between her and Egwene, which I think really interestingly captured some of the White Tower di- personality dynamics. Like, how do you remain, keep your connection to humanity? whilst becoming these, you know, kind of nearly immortal super witches. <laughs> well, she's a blue, right? Yes. She wears blue, yeah. So she's got that, uh, you know, that, that sort of remove that a spy has to have. Mm-hmm. So she, that's got something to do with it, too. She also... Like she is the oldest looking of a lot of the ones or among the oldest looking of the ones that we've seen. So must be even much more experienced in the world. It's darkness, like has been around longer, possibly trained some of the people that we see as main characters. Oh yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. That's a really good point, DW. She's been aged up from the book. Really incompetent though. And I don't know if that's just because um, the story that had to be told kind of told a lot of the situations where she didn't make the best decisions. And so we don't get to see a lot of the times where she is successful, but ultimately she overall felt pretty incompetent in her job and in her place. Well, that's a good point because she has to be competent because she is the mistress of novices. Yeah. Get there somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Ruach, I was just saying that um, Sherium's been aged up from the books. So she has is meant to have um, blazing red hair and green eyes and, you know, quite a fiery and yet empathetic personality. Well, just to connect Sherium to Varin and then DW's comment about she appears to be the oldest. What do you make about the dynamic between Sherium, 
Sherryum and Berin. Say that too fast. Sherryum, Berin, Berin, Sherryum. <laughs> there I saw more of a contemporary feel. Um, and that was the interesting aspect to me of you have somebody who's retired from it and like, is Sherryum, should she have retired? One of the other thoughts that came to me is just because she's been around as long as she seems to be based on looking at her, um, doesn't mean that she's been the mistress of the novices the whole time. Correct. So they, they could have been a new position. Like we don't know that, but I do get, I got the vibe that she was more of a, a contemporary to Varen. I, I could see mistress of novices being a, a place where somebody might kind of half retire to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as a blue. I, I also feel what you felt there where it felt like they're more contemporaries where it really feels like they were part of the same class and somehow you get that feeling and I don't know why that is, but acting, I guess, is can be amazing. I would say acting between the two ladies and, and definitely a chemistry. I mean, they're both exceptional actresses and they just had a chemistry between them that seemed not like they were best friends in their contemporaneous, but, but that they definitely knew each other and there is a history between the two of them. Yeah. Okay, well then let me ask you, comparing Sherryum to Varin, because I saw Varin, I thought, I felt Sherryum was kind of, had a deference to Varin. And I feel it comes out more when you when you contrast uh, Sherryum when she v- visits Alana and then when she's talking to Leandrin. With Leandrin, it's a bit more kind of looking down at her because she let a novice die. And then with right. Alana, it's more, I want your opinion, but it's still what I say goes. Whereas with Varin, it was a little bit of, oh, oh, Varin, you're here. Oh. Well, game recognize game, you know. Well, I also feel like that can come out storyline-wise and character-wise with people who know each other and consider each other on the same, like, level. Where it's like, oh, um, you know where I'm coming from. Where, where her dealing with Leandrin and Leandrin seeming, again, in this version to be somebody that she may have even been instructing. Varen wasn't somebody she instructed. So there may be a respect for, you're a different Aja, you have a different standpoint on this. You did well when you were here, obviously respected across the board. I'm going to find out your feelings on this because it matters to me. Whereas this, you know, Mm -hmm. upstart who, you know, has been around a while, but has just been pushy on everybody. And like, there's still a little, I'm older than you, I know better that can come out with Leandrin. Yeah, she was just reacting to seeing the other undercover blue Aja come in who's at a higher rank than she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does she know that she's an undercover blue? That could, that could also just be revealed in a later episode. Oh, interesting. So if Varen was an undercover blue, then Sherryum's slight deference could be, ah, you are older, wiser, and also slightly higher up in the blue rankings. Yep, there you go. Uh-huh. We're running with so this blue now. that your blue has turned brown. <laughs> So blue, it's brown. (laughs) The hue changed. (laughs) Hue changed. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Respect on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Other new characters from uh, the first episode of the season. Um... Since we've gone through all of the Aes Sedai, why don't we bring up the warder that we meet, uh, Tomas? <gasps> so I, I do want to start in the, on this one with a thought. Um, 
because and you'll find this funny, Rourke. When you first texted me that I looked like somebody in the show, he was the first one who came to my mind. I'm like, really? Okay, I mean, we both have beards, but that's about it. I do not have that hair, and I want that hair, but I'm not kidding. Okay. Then then once I was able to look up the name, because the name hadn't stuck in my head of who Bale was. So the first thought I had was like, I guess, are you just like saying all white people look alike? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All you white guys look alike to me. But yeah, I I want that hair too. (laughs) <laughs> that is beautiful yeah, hair. Oh, I yeah. always wanted that hair, and I never was able to grow it. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a beautiful man. The, oh yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely what what you think of when you think of the term silver fox. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was and so not I took ready. it as a high compliment that you thought that was me. <laughs> no, no, we, we will get to the person I thought was you. <laughs> I was not ready for hot Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that just, took me by surprise, too. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, whoa, Nelly, who is this? And how did sexy Liam Neeson make it into the show? And we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so, in the books, he is described as as an older warder as well. But you get the feeling he's like, you know, the, the old, wise, kind of craggled warder, not the old, still a hottie warder. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, isn't he, he described as by the girls at some point saying that, you know, he looks like he's literally about to drop dead any any moment. Like, how is he still, yeah. you know, doing the sword forms? No, no, this is, this is, this is a buff Sam Elliott is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what has Adelia said to him or about him? <laughs> or done to him. <laughs> <laughs> or attempted to, at least. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Tomas is is Varen's warder, so I'm not sure that she would cross that line. Doesn't Adelia say something about how there was something about Tomas, but then he chose Varen? Yes. So ah. maybe there was something there that she was hoping for, but he actually went for the calm. For stability. <laughs> the <secret laughs> stability <Yeah>. and calm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Adelia's was clearly too much for him. Oh, yes. He just wants to tend to his tomatoes, okay? That's, yeah. He just wants a simple yeah. life. <laughs> tend to his tomatoes and and, uh, uh, and sometimes stab fades with a flaming sword. You know? <gasps> mm-hmm. But it, it does add an interesting concept to it of the, like, the person who's put in their time. We're seeing it from the Aes Sedai, but we're also seeing it from a warder, somebody who has fought the fight. You know that he has had to deal with stuff. And just finally getting to be like, okay, we've earned our retirement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And following Varen around, he's definitely seen some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's, it, you know, a lot of the inside of libraries, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Libraries and bars. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Both uh, of which can be dangerous places. This is true. This is true. I want a library that's got a bar in it. Can we, can hey, we, uh, now can you're we talking. make that happen. Yeah. yeah. The library. <laughs> there we go. Put it in a college town. Perfect. Actually, there are a lot of college towns that have bars named the library so that when the charge goes back to their parents. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. There's one in Austin. There's one in Baton Rouge. Yeah. I... Oh, is that the library, Mom? Yeah, exactly. Is that what we're naming uh, Varen and, and Adelius's place, the library? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, Adelius does make her own beer, so yeah. 
Uh, yeah, good point. Is the it library. Me and the spirits? Is library? It? Yes, what? the library. library. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Farron and Adelisa's library. <laughs> We've got that him. is yeah. a name that there needs to be put on a place. All right. That's, that's the new Brown Aja hangout place. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And Tomas oh, is the bouncer. <laughs> that everybody hits on. <laughs> so he's the Patrick Swayze in the in the Roadhouse uh, situation. Yeah. Roadhouse. Yeah, I, I, I. <laughs> but he only has eyes for Varin. The rest of the vowels he gives around, but just I. He will only swing his sword for Varin. Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> I like, um, so there's another thread running through season two, which not... So Elias actually says the words, don't be stupid. But Tomas gives the look, don't be stupid. Like it pops mm-hmm. up every so often with different characters. So when yeah. Lan is just being, you know, a dumbass, um, Tomas just gives him the look of, don't be stupid. I think he's got a really good, calm, wise, been there, done that shit. Just carry on, stay the course. Everything will be fine. Stop being a drama queen. He's really Sam Elliott from <laughs> Yeah. Well, if if you're a warder and you live to be that age, you've got some wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I have to put forward, I know we're commenting on the, the, the looks of the actor and everything here, and I kind of feel like this is not a real person. They've been manufactured from genetics of some of the most attractive people in the world. Mm-hmm. Because even if you look at his last name, it's Deutschman. Like, it is so generic. <laughs> To just name him Deutschman, I feel he is a made-up person. He is just a uh, a, a AI? test tube baby that was designed to be hot. David, you were saying something. Yeah, I was saying. I wonder how much of his calm and and like wise nature comes from the bond with Varen. Oh, because that's nice. the thing yeah. that she gives off. That's a good point. I'd like to see what Tomas was before the bonded. Yeah, yeah. Like what would Tomas be wild, like if he was bonded to at least, yeah. <laughs> this wild character that got changed because he bonded to a really calm, wise? It's like Elliot and E.T. When E.T. got drunk and Elliot got drunk. You know, that's... <laughs> but in, in that same vein, do we know what happened to uh, her warder? Oh, she's probably got a, got like notches on the bedpost for for her warders, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you have to figure that an Aes Sedai is going to go through several warders in her lifetime. and But noting that Varen got to retire with hers. Well, hers is still alive. I think once you retire, you probably, you know, if you still have a warder, they get to retire with you if they're old enough. And So that brings me to my question. What happened? To Adelaus's last Not order. every Aes Sedai has a warder also. Okay. So, I knew Reds avoided it. I yeah. thought every other one had one. And then again, as a brown Aja, she might have been in the library the whole time and yeah. maybe was kind of calm and a little mousy, but then like busted loose when oh, she so retired. Oh, so it's the librarian trope. Yeah. She takes she, out the hair, <laughs> took, took takes off the glasses, the glasses and, and just bam. <laughs> Finally, we've retired. Yeah. I can let my bra go. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the bra. <laughs> so moving on with uh, the new characters, um, we're bringing up. I love up, these segues, uh, by the way. Yeah, we're bringing up UDW. <laughs> it's uh, Bale Doman, our, our, our smuggler captain. 
We are so honoured. We are so honoured to have <laughs> a member of the cast in our I feel podcast. Like we need to, I feel wow. like we need to post a picture of me. You guys get to pick what you, one you think looks most like him. And yeah. then you could share that with with those that listen to the podcast so they can uh, I only like, have. decide for themselves. I'm I curious have. what a poll would say. So the episodes that to... you were on, we did the meme. Yeah. It, was like, it was Bail Dorman and it was your chibi. Oh, it was, was like, it? what's the difference? Yeah. There's no difference yeah. here. Yeah. Bail Dorman <laughs> is holding the Quendia. You are holding the skull. It's, it's the same picture. The same. Yeah. yeah. No, I have to say, like, in a still image, you look similar but not the same. It's, it's his carriage. He has yeah, very the much the same... <laughs> the same body carriage and everything that you have. And yeah, that, that, that's what really seals it for me. <laughs> well, one of the things that I appreciated about him is the fact that he respected the game. Yeah. Like he got too cocky in the game when dealing with Moraine. And then when she bested him, there was a little bit like, yep, yep. I walked right into that. <laughs> okay. Um, I will accept my losses and go. Thank Just you very much. Just going to pick up my pride and walk out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That is, that is my reputation on the floor. I'll be picking that up. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but you're right, EW, and that actually makes him more likable, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because he is just so honest. Yeah. An well, honest rogue is on, always... Honest. Yeah. Honest air quotes. Yeah. Yeah, an honest <laughs> smuggler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where have we heard that term before? Yeah. Oh. Um, now I, 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 and the fact that he is willing to play both sides, I am curious to see the rest of his story. I'm, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast, the fact that um, the, the, the amount of highlight that has been put on him, the fact that they could have just had it be another person when um, uh, it was possibly taking all of the, the wheels or the, the discs out to sea to drop them in the, in the ocean. Um, the fact that it was him again leads me to believe that he will be a recurring character. And I think mm -hmm. Rarky confirmed that yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see which side he ultimately, because at some point characters like this have to pick a side. At some point in the story, something will happen that will push that. So I think there you are assuming that he knows that the Lady Selene is a Forsaken. And I don't no, think that he knows I that. I don't assume that. I don't assume okay. that. No, he's a customer. But that's the thing is the, the concept of it's a customer. I don't care what side they're on is about a lot of the rogue type characters. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I'm just doing business. I'm just doing yeah. business. Okay, okay. And a lot of times in these stories, at some point, the businessman has to determine is, is it just business or is there something bigger that you have to deal with? And I think he's going to have to at some point. Okay. So this has to be clipped and played when we do the episode to do with what DW has just said. Okay. Mental note. It's on the spreadsheet. <laughs> DW has done it again. Hey. <laughs> well, DW has a leg up what being a major Hollywood star in Oscar winning movies. So, so you know that you're coming back for season Look, three. I get one roll you on Wheel of Time. Go. I mean, I mean, not on Wheel of Time. Um, <laughs> Don't encourage them, DW. No. <laughs> All right. I have people who are convinced that I'm the guy from uh, from Destination Truth. Yeah, you've brought that I up. Get that one a lot as well. Yeah. What's his name again? Josh Gates. Josh Gates. There you go. But I've met him, and he does not see it in any which way. I, I at least see it. He does not. He did not see it. And so we took a picture together, and I had a whole bunch of people accuse it of being photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> you just took two pictures and photoshopped yourself into it. 
But it was mentioned before this podcast began, I was talking about something and Saima said I should put it out there that if anybody has anybody uh, or knows somebody with the skills or has the skills themselves that would be uh, potentially interested in putting together uh, that Bale Doman outfit um, so that I could cosplay it at things uh, since apparently I look that much and, and act that much like him. Um, so, uh, yeah, let us know, send, send your emails in. I'd love to, love to hear what, what price points and that kind of stuff. So when you walk into, uh, when you go to WatCon and you walk, I want, I want somebody to be filming you walking into the room as Bale <laughs> Dormon. So I can imagine you walking into that room with, with Maureen and it be like, there we go. So I, I think what we'll have to do is, is claim you as a super secret special guest and then just bring you out on stage and watch people lose their minds. <laughs> no, because that's going to then disappoint so many people when they learn I'm not him. And, and, then, and then they get to find out that you are actually D.W. McCann of the the Watt Watch Party podcast, also of 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 Marvel movie fame and, and of, of Oscar winning <laughs> movie best fame. Picture. Best, best picture winner movie fame, yes. Fame. Yes, that's the word I use. Fame. <laughs> what you, you if, if what am I here for if not to help boost your ego, DW? I appreciate that. If, if I, not your career, I think it would at least be at least ego. nice. If if you do ever bring me out on stage as him, you better also have him backstage <laughs> to calm the crowd so that we do not have a riot when they're like, that's not him. So that's what I was just or thinking. Weirder. That is him. When we like, do uh, that, we will have to have Julian Lewis Jones excellently playing Phil Doman also on hand yes. just to calm everybody down. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. We need Uno backstage to make it, <laughs> make it happen. Have him walk up and ask the first question. Yeah. So what was it in like costume, playing me? In character. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work, Julian. Yes. If you ever need a, if you ever need a stand in, let me know. <laughs> Other than your his resemblance to you, DW, um, <laughs> do we have any other thoughts about uh, Bale Doman? About his his Thanks. usefulness in the plot. About his his what his views are, what what kind of a person he is, what his character's like. That kind of character in a plot is real interesting to have that just tool that can perform almost any task that you can bring out and just have it done. And The Swiss Army he, Rogue, as it were. It, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like it. So it happens a lot in the, the sci-fi shows when they need some weird thing to happen and to get to the end of the episode. Well, and oftentimes in that same vein, when they're used that way, they can also be used that way for exchange of information from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. Because those people that do kind of play both sides can then be somebody where you can get information about what the evil side is doing or where something can get leaked of what the good guys are doing. And it, it, it can be a balance, um, the fact that you have somebody that can go to both sides. Garrick played that role in Deep Space Nine oh, yeah. all the time. Or or uh, Hondo in in Star Wars. <laughs> Hondo is a great yeah, great example. <laughs> yep. Yes, Hondo Onaka. So now I'm just seeing Bale as Garrick and wondering who his Julian's going to be. Who Julian is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell who has not watched Deep Space Nine by the fact that they are not laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Get on it, Greg. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else to say about Bale? To be honest, we've only seen him in really two scenes. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I have to, I, I just have to say, I don't know why this is, but I cannot remember for the life of me most of the time which is his first name and which is his surname. I have the same issue. Like, Doman Bale. Some, Bale yeah, to me, to me, Doman Bale sounds better. It sounds better, but Doman sounds like a title. Doman sounds like a title. Doman Bale and Doman Marsh and Doman this. Yeah, yeah, and Doman, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's that'd be like you know senator or something like that. It's a title. Whereas Bale Doman, his family was in the senator business, yeah. and so the last name was attached. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> See, for me, he in the books he has, well, he ha- he does in the show, right? A, a uh-huh. mild. Uh, Ileana accent, yeah. But yeah. to me, there's a lot of doobie, doobie this and doobie that, and therefore I yeah. get confused thinking do do doman. That's his first name. No, it's not. It's his second name. Which one is it? Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The 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 Ileaner accent. Uh, uh, Bale Doman is an Ileaner. The Ileaner accent in the books is very much a a pirate accent. It's I do be my beated grandmother. She do be well, or fairly warned be thee, says I. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there be a stone that cannot break, except for the fact that the only pieces we've seen of it are broken. I. <laughs> <laughs> Great smuggler, terrible salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact, right, that this panel, when, when you all made that comment about this alleged stone that can't be broken, and yet the only... Only time we ever see it is when it's broken. It made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's like I never thought I never saw that perspective. I was like, oh, it's quite funny. Good one, panel. Yeah, the, the Quindiar Marketing Association has not done their job. <laughs> well, they're from the last uh, spinning of the wheel. Like they haven't been in business for a while. That's true. There's not much. Their materials this, all old. This age. Yeah. Okay. Question for you about Quint- the Quindiar then. How do you imagine that meeting went with Celine and Bale when she gave him the Quendia? And did she give him the poem? Was it heading towards Moraine? Did he? Did she direct that? What's going on there? Hmm. So good questions. Eh? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, it, it's it's giving Moraine information, which is gold. Um, would she want? Which would, would she want? that to go to her because she's got the connection with uh you know with with the with the two the the two rivers group so i don't know i mean she's got a a, a, a personal connection with rand would she want that information to get to moraine who's got some power to do something about what she's trying to do with rand go on dw you're dying <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, I just had a, a realization that they could be using them in the same way that those of us back in the days of payphones used collect calls to get people to pick us up. Like, go take this thing that I know Moraine's not going to buy and go sell it to her. Yeah, she really wants this. And this poem's nothing, the real thing I want Moraine to get. And Moraine knows that when she gets that call, it's like, oh, the person who called me is where I'm supposed to pick him up. Got it, got yeah. it. Yeah, good Quindiark. Don't care. You're receiving a collect call from mom. Come pick me up at the arcade. 
Do you accept the charges? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> well, you have to figure that Celine, as the character she was, the the innkeeper, had to use a smuggler at m- many times. So they probably had an interaction well before exchange of the Quindiar, just normal business for the the barkeep and mm-hmm. just getting the, the good bottles. So. Oh, good point. Wine, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know Bale's got the best wine. Oh, yeah. The money she paid for this job was probably a bit bigger than what his normal mm. situation is. So it might have been a surprise to him there. Good point. Yeah. Because we don't realize that until episode eight, right? In episode one, you think, oh, Bale's just, you know, in the right place at the right time. And he knows that this might be useful to this Aes Sedai that he might have worked with before. But then in episode eight, you find out, oh, Celine gave it to him. And it just opens up a whole new perspective, is all I will say. Yeah. There's no spoilers there. I have no idea what perspective that is. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then moving on, our, the rest of our newbies from this uh, first episode. We've got Elias, which I'm going to say we're not going to talk about Elias just yet, mostly because Siobhan isn't here, and I know that Siobhan has a lot of thoughts about Elias, so I, I would like to save that for Siobhan. Sure. Yep. Um, but we do have uh, two new Shinarans that we didn't really get to know last season, uh, which are Ingtar and Masima. Yep. Um... Ingtar being, as as I said last episode, the one who was very obsessed with finding the horn. And Masima was the one who who seems to be allergic to sleeves. And frankly, if I had <laughs> if if I had arms that look like that, I would probably be allergic to sleeves too. Um, it is a serious problem. I believe there's a charity for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, allergy, you know, it, it permeates about three out of five children. Yeah, he's he's Definitely the uh, the sexy Shainaran, which, which I did not expect Masima of all characters to be sexy. That that kind of threw me for a, a loop. I mean, I, Rafe's I, really I, doing a number on us. This is yeah. we we can't handle this, <laughs> especially characters that are really not like that in the books. We really can't handle. The <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't follow the story because I'm just like, you know, this is not yeah. right. Masima should not look like this. Masima should not be doing this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway uh, yeah keeps you watching um it it does but it, i i also kind of hope that they don't do that to every character i mean they've they've had a good variety of people so them making a few people hotter than they were in the books is not a big issue but i i there's shows that i've seen where they just make everybody so ridiculously hot that it's like this is not not believable that the world only apparently has hot people in it yeah. right well, I mean, in the books, Masima is just a warrior. He's just a, a, yeah. a, a common grunt in in the army. He's, you know, probably kind of ugly because he's had his nose broken a few times kind of thing, you know, and, and and just your average ugly guy in the army, not Mr. Hottie McCott pants. But, you know, I, I have no problem with it. No, no complaints. <laughs> I don't know if any of you folks had the same uh, feeling. Well, those of you who read probably didn't have this, but those of you who hadn't read um, is some of these characters, the way they're introduced in season two, 
made me sit there and go, is this somebody from that last battle that I'm just not remembering? Is this a new character? There's not a lot of like, by the way, here is new character. Right. Some um, of them are just like, yeah. oh, this person's been around forever and you've just known them. So in the case of Ingtar, he actually was there in the last episode of in the final season, room. but he was played by a different actor. Um, okay, and, so that's and, one. And that act, yeah. Yeah, so Amrita Patel, who played Ingtar, was then changed to Lord Yokota because then he got cast yeah. to play in Willow. Uh, as yeah, he got cast one of the main main roles in Willow. Yeah. So, and he was the best thing about Willow. I just want to say that. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic actor. I, I saw him in something recently that that blew my mind. It was so and he's good. hilarious on social as well. Just busy, I busy. follow, and yeah, really funny. But he was he was amazing in Willow, and you know he he was great yeah. in in episode seven and eight. We're sorry to see him go, but um, Greg's doing a great job too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, did did a great job. He, he's that character's <laughs> not coming back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> we definitely um, saw him die on screen, so we can say he's not coming back. Yeah, but he's coming back as a White Walker. And oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, did everybody listen to the last episode? Yes. The bad guy discussion. Yes. I don't think I got to. Okay. So you don't know the, the the spoiler <laughs> that I let go last episode. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll maybe I'm okay with that. No, I'll let you in on it. It's it's not okay. a spoiler per se. It's a book spoiler. Um, so Siobhan had brought up that she wished that there had been some, or she, she wished there was some indication as to whether or not there's redemption in this world. If if you can come back to the light after you've been to the dark, got and that's it. when I said, well, funnily enough, one of the plot lines that got cut for time this season was exactly that, and we discover that Ingtar is a dark friend. He was the dark friend who let the the you know Pat and Fane everybody and everybody into into, into Faldara. Um. But we also find out that he kind of regrets it. You know, he became a dark friend on kind of a lark, kind of, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're playing around. All my friends are yeah, doing yeah, it. it. It's like, you don't think it's really going to happen or anything. And, and then shit does start happening. And, and he decides, oh, I, I need to come back to the light. I need to save myself. The way I can do that is by blowing the horn of Valir. If I, bl if I bring back the heroes of, of the light, then that will save my soul. And that's, so that's why he's so interested. That, in that's getting why he is so focused on the horn. God. Yeah. That makes sense. And they did actually film the scene where you find, where Perrin finds us out with from Ingtar and Ingtar says these amazing words that are in the book. Um, yeah. but they felt that it just didn't flow with the episode. So I'm really hoping at some point in the future, they're going to release that scene. And so you all can enjoy what were that. the words. Do you remember them? Um, He's a, he has a whole monologue, but yeah. I don't want to say anything in case it's spoilery. Okay. Yeah, the, okay. his monologue in the book was pretty fantastic. Yeah. But but I think Ingtar, as it's a real, everybody said this, it's such a shame that that had to be cut for time reasons because it is about the redemption. And it's also about the fact that, yeah. you know, it's so shocking for any of the Borderlanders to be dark friends because they are the they're like the front line against the shadow the, ones, yeah, the, the rest ones of randland is some you know most of randland isn't even but aware also the ones that have Trollocs. been dealing with the longest exactly 
and and feel more of the pain of it. So it is not surprising to me. But that's that's exactly it. He he feels the pain of it because he's seeing his family and his country people dying. You know, every year he he says that you know the borderlands are shrinking because the blight is encroaching more and more. And so he thinks, well, it's all going to be over. I might as well just join that side. But then when the horn comes along, then it's like shit. I have a chance to redeem myself and save my country and all the borderlands by defeating the dark one. And that's just my TED talk about how much I love Inca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I could absolutely tell that they ended up cutting that story because they did so much setup for that story. Yeah. The, the, you know, as they had Inktar lusting after the horn, they had the, the discussion with Inktar and Perrin where, you know, mm -hmm. Perrin's like, how could you bury him? He was a dark friend. And Inktar's like, you know, people do things for reasons we don't understand and, and has a nice little monologue there. And, and it was all set up for that. And I was trying to point all that out to everybody so that when the payoff happened, you'd be like, Oh, we saw that coming. And it, yeah. Yeah. I think actually uh, <laughs> Daniel mentioned something in that scene. He's like, Oh, he's being very interesting to Perrin. There's more to him. And I was like, well, actually <laughs> I have to keep spoilers away from you because you'll forget it tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's ingtar um we, we, we should demand the ingtar cut yes we should yeah i mean actually there's a lot of stuff that we're waiting on so this is going to be the bottom of the list but uh, it's the most recent one but yeah hopefully one day i just want to go back to masima yeah. and just say i remember in the books he's described as somebody who's ha had all the fat <clears throat> boiled off his body yeah. He's, he's just yeah. skull and everything's been pulled back. And I was well. just thinking, well, you know, uh, in the show, he certainly doesn't have, have any fat on him at all. That's down in the single digits right <laughs> so there. That's, that's a line yeah. from yeah. Books yeah. that is very authentic to, in the show. And, um, you know, so people can stop complaining that he doesn't really look like that. But it's like, well, I think Rafe pulled out the most important line and he just went with it. So not that we got to to meet Masima too much this season, but what did we think of his character and if anything? Or or was he just a another background warrior that you didn't quite notice? I think that was part of the problem is not it not being the same actor and not being able to draw back on that previous episode. They often like I didn't mix up the two people, but I mixed up who they were in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Some. No, that's understandable. They seemed like two sides of, of a similar coin. And yeah, there was things that made each one stink, stick out, but each time they would both be on screen and you're like, okay, wait, which one felt this way? I don't remember. Ugh. I like how you said that he's a, they, they seem like two sides of the same coin because that really came across for me with Masima. First of all, he loses his friend Uno. Then he loses Ingtar. They're really showing how the Shinarans, because they are constantly the soldiers their whole lives, they just they're losing, they're losing their comrades, um, and their almost hope in the light. And therefore, that final scene where you see Masima looking up at the dragon, it may be the first ray of hope that he might have experienced in a very long time. And mm. I don't know whether we're going to see him again, but I think just in season two. His arc, even though it's so small, when you go back on rewatches, it says it says so much about the Shinarans, and it's all there in in Masima, and he he portrayed it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. You know who he reminds me of is uh, 
Brad Pitt's character in Troy. The Trojan War. Yeah, Troy. In Troy. Yeah. Achilles. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, but He's but Achilles. not yeah. not the character of Achilles. Brad Pitt playing Achilles right, is what right, he right, reminds right. me yeah. of. Yeah. 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 It's the arms. It's the arms. It's the arms and, and the just plain beautiful person thing. Like, you know, there are people and then there are beautiful people and he's a beautiful people. Yes. And he rarely <laughs> speaks, which I think kind of, you know, it's more just about the way he looks, the way he emotes, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. sorrow, sadness, hope. But but also the second the action hits, he is right in the center of it and and oh amazing and commanding it yeah yes yeah. yeah i had to i slow watched that when they're pulling perrin out in the background you just mm-hmm. see masima yeah, he, just a whirlwind oh beautiful oh yeah i i was i was in awe of that scene as well we want more well, we, well, i don't know we wanted more of that yeah more masima kicking ass um and that seems to cover everybody from the first episode that uh is brand new at least everybody that of great importance. We've got some minor Aes Sedai that didn't really get any lines or anything, so we'll, we'll avoid them. Um, oh, oh, there is there is one more. Oh? There's the uh, little Tuathon girl. Okay, yeah, I guess we, we can talk about her. Okay. And talk about our theories on who she's going to turn out to be. Well, doesn't she wind up dead later? We don't know if that's the same Tuathan girl or not. I don't think that was the same girl. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Shamayel would have let anybody, like the way he was handling her. She's his now. I think anybody that hurt that kid would have dealt with a Shamayel. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Yeah. Or that Trolloc would have dealt with that person who well, tried yeah, right. to touch that girl. That too. That, yeah. that Trolloc was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just was... I just watched uh, this animated movie called The Bad Guys last night. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's and, good. and the way you just were talking about that Trolloc DW, it, it reminds me of Wolf when you know, good boy, and also, <gasps> and the tail. You can't stop the tail. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen the Trolloc with his tail just. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a good Trolloc? <laughs> drip, drip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but actually that, that does bring something up. What do we feel about the fact that this Tuatha on girl's mother is a dark friend? That, 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 that's, that's bad news. That's bad news there. What? I think that's one of the things they really did well with this season is seeding the, like, like you, you, you can't always have everything be so binary and so like, this is the evil. This is the good. Yeah. And having some of the people show the reasons they're for being, they are for being a dark friend, being ones that no, I can actually relate to that and understand how they got there. I may not agree with the, the method they chose to employ it, but their process does make sense. And it, and that difficulty is actually more real to me. I, villains in stories so often when you have somebody who's a villain just for being a villain's sake mm-hmm. is a less interesting villain for me than a villain <sighs> who thinks they're right. And right. that's when it, I, yeah. Disney's uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame is actually one of my favorite Disney films, partially because Frollo thinks he's the hero and acts like the hero for or tr- like, like he's trying to be the hero for so much. He must stop these evil, 
evil creatures that are trying to destroy our city and they're ungodly and they're the, and that is a more interesting choice oh dark and evil but it's also believable yeah yeah i hate everything you just said dw because i agree with it but i don't want the, any dark friends in the tuathan even though it totally makes sense yeah yep yeah. yep and it also makes me think you just as you were talking i was remembering the um the dark friend social and so you see the Tuatha'an ladies' skirts, and then you see the Shinaran soldiers' um, tabard. And I was thinking, okay, if that was Ingtar and then somebody else, there's some similarities then in why they why they might have chosen to join the Dark, because it's about protecting your people. If the Tuatha'an are nonviolent, and yet they are persecuted everywhere they go, you, if you can't turn to any of the light side, the Randland leaders, then I think the dark is an option, unfortunately. Yeah. And is just letting the wheel break the most peaceful way to do it. True. It's like, save my people and I will give you my soul, but just, you know, save my people, save my, my daughter. I, I think we're, we're venturing into the baddies part two. <laughs> but you know yes. that's okay because i i'm actually <laughs> loving this discussion um i want to explore a little bit more what you were talking about dw with uh it's not just a clear cut this side's good this side's evil there's like good within the evil and evil within the good and i just want to talk about the people that we did see at that dark friend social we saw a shinaran i am not convinced that that shinaran was ingtar because we don't yeah, know where, I agree. where I in think the we're going to see that, that Shinaran later. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so we saw a Shinaran, we saw a a Sean Chan noble which presumably was Suroth. Um we saw at least one Aes Sedai because we saw a ring at some point, right? And wasn't there a red sleeve? Would would that have been Leandrin? So that could pr presumably be Leandrin. Um, we did see a white cloak there because there was somebody wearing all white gloves and I can't see anybody but white cloak doing that. Um, so we have an unknown white cloak, dark friend. So there's even dark friends in the white cloaks. But the one thing I think we can say with confidence was not at that table. Mm -hmm. An Aiel? Hmm. Well, if an Aiel was at the table, you wouldn't be able to see them. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were actually eight Aiel at that table. You just couldn't oh, see yeah. any of them. <laughs> they walk in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think the Aes Sedai was Leandrin because I give Leandrin too much credit that she would never, she, she'd be wearing all black, even down to her knickers, if she was going to a dark yeah. friend social. That's true. I I personally don't think that Leandrin was high enough in Dark Friend Society to be invited to that social. That's true, well, because her motivation was pretty selfish. Yeah. It's not like she was trying to bring down an entire system. She was just trying to, you know, save her son. Well, and their goal is to go eight seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So... I would put forward that no one that has been revealed to be a dark friend was probably at that table. 
Which because is that why table we only is going to be all the people space. that are going to be revealed in sixth, yeah. seventh, and eighth season. <laughs> we don't even know who those people are. I like Rachel this theory. in the long game. Seventh season is going to keep playing that scene over and over again, and as we as we reveal different dark friend characters, you now get to see different faces. We're gonna we're gonna get introduced to somebody in season five who has a scar on their hand. We're gonna be like, I remember that scar. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Y'all are just now hardcore fan freaks, just like the fandom. Well, there was a scar. There was a slip of a s- skirt. A we're red trying was there. to keep up with you two. Come on. <sighs> You're doing amazingly. Yeah, you got to go through all of this. We're doing it at high speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, believe me, the amount of times I've been like, my God, 30 years and I never figured that out. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> and you're just like casually just flinging out these metaphysical truths. And I'm like, oh, mind blown. Um, and I think with that, we can put a pin in this episode. So, Greg, you want to do the honors? Sure. We need to thank Michael and Jen at the Watch Party Secret Island headquarters. Thank, thank you, Michael, you and Michael and Jen. Thank you, Michael, <laughs> and, Michael and Jen. They are, they are <laughs> our... Sorry, the whispery uh, one our... just really got me detail, will you? <laughs> thank you, Michael and Jen. Very AM, AMSMR. I was, I was going to say, I feel like that's Mach and Shin. <laughs> Thank you, Michael and Jen. Thank you, Michael and Jen. They are responsible for all this nonsense. Uh, they're all... Blame them. I, I do yeah. not think that they want to claim responsibility. No, 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 no. no. They just they just allow us to uh, to be our jackass selves. Uh, we also need to thank them for our sister podcast, who also get to be their jackass selves on Watch Party Lord of the Rings, a Watch Party of Ice and Fire, and Watch Party Gaming. Rate and review us at iTunes. It helps to get the word out. If you need to contact us, email us at watchparty at gmail.com. You can find all our links at watchparty.com. Get in touch with us. Come see this uh, this thing happen live on uh, on the internet. And it's time for our final question. And that final question just being, uh, what are you into lately? Let's let's get some uh, media recommendations coming from everybody. I am reading this fantastic short story collection. It is called They Fell Like Stars from the Sky and Other Stories by Shekhar Halawi, who is a Palestinian author. And it's a collection of 18 stories celebrating the courage, resilience, tragedies and triumphs of Bedouin Palestinian women and girls. And it made me think of Wheel of Time because the first story is about the cutting of a young girl's braid and all, all that that signifies. And as soon as I read it, I was just like, oh, this is Egwene and Nynaeve and the two rivers. And I was not expecting to find that in a book about Palestinian resistance stories. So yeah, check that out. They Fell Like Stars from the Sky by Shekhar Halloween. Very nice. I've been, I received for Christmas a book I've been wanting for a long time. Uh, it's S by J.J. Abrams and Doug Dorst. Mm. But the, the fun part about this book is the book just comes normal as a big S on it. But at the sleeve, there is a library book inside of The Ship of Theseus. And the Ooh. book is as you open it, you're reading this book called The Ship of Theseus. And two people who've read it are writing notes back to each other in the in the columns, highlighting stuff 
compressing stuff between the pages. Nice. So it is, it is a whole like unpack this whole story as you read it. And uh, mm. you can't borrow it from somebody because you don't know that they put things back in the same place. Wow. They may have creased something like you could, like you really have to start it new each time. Uh, and so and I've been the, looking the, for the a copy of it. The fact that it is about the ship of Theseus is brilliant. Perfect. Oh Perfect. my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's yes. a great, so that's I'm a great into that soon. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I kind of want also that won't now work myself. As an e-book. That sounds amazing. <laughs> no, will not work as an ebook or an audiobook. No, no. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Unless you have three people, like one person's just reading the book as a drone, and the other two people just talk over them every once in a while. So I'm gonna rep going back and and uh, binge watching your uh, feel good show because I've been going through Deep Space Nine. Yay! Lately, and that that always makes me feel good. Absolute favorite trek always. And then um, also um, we got a game for Christmas, uh, Mario Brothers plus Rabbids. Oh, and <laughs> it's a, about it, it's yeah. a turn-based strategy game and it's fabulous. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love Rabbids. I love Rabbids. Uh, I, I have to, uh, I also have to rep, there was a, a Rabbids uh, uh, cartoon that was on Nickelodeon and there is it, it, it's it's fantastic if you could find it there's one episode it's totally wordless uh just great silent comedy uh it, there's one set in a shopping mall that it's it, it just destroys me every time but that that that's to go with with David's recommendation my recommendation is another podcast <gasps> gasp why would Gosh, I, I have like no that? other podcasts before us yeah, well, this is what's after it comes after. Okay. This is a really great one called uh, Hell or High Rollers. And what it is, it's a live uh, D&D uh, game that is done by the uh, creators uh, Mischief Theater, which are the creators of the play that goes wrong and the goes wrong show. And they're excellent improvisers and the the game just goes insane and it's hilarious. It's a great uh, it's a great listen. I'm I'm not a D and D player, but I really enjoy when really smart and funny people play it. It's fun. I, it's I fun. will have to be checking that. I'm on a, a real play called Dungeons Divided, and uh, it's on Twitch. And but I I'm gonna need to check this one out because I'm a huge fan of the play that goes wrong. And the show that goes that goes wrong show, yeah. And Peter Pan goes wrong. I just saw it recently. Oh yeah, that one's brilliant. The little uh, the the, uh, the narrator who <laughs> <laughs> Which depends on where you are, who you got. Some people got Neil Patrick Harris. Ah, nice. Uh, myself, I'm just going to run through a few things real quick that I've been enjoying lately. Uh, number one, musically, um, Daft Punk released their their last album which came out uh just over 10 years ago random access memories they released a drumless edition it has it is the exact same album with all of the drums pulled out and everything else mixed to fill in that that sonic cavity and interesting it is fantastic it is Dance it is music my without drums it is my preferred way to listen to the stuff now it it sounds like old old uh funk old old synth like like Wendy Williams type stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Evangelis, uh, Ray Lynch, like 
yeah if, if you're into like the old synth pioneers but also a little bit of you know some funk and some dance like check it out it it, it is the same album but you will hear it entirely new it is so amazing that's awesome. um and then uh as far as uh tv goes there's a couple of things i've been watching lately one that just finished up was uh the gilded age which is absolutely a guilty pleasure for me there is nothing about that show i should like yet i love it <laughs> <laughs> i i started the second season but have not gotten completely into it i loved the first one yeah but the the opera machinations i'm like eh, i don't know it, it 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 gets really good it, okay it, i need i need to give it a second chance i don't know why i care about these characters but i do and, and <laughs> i hate it um for anybody who's who's seen uh uh what is it? Uh, um, Downton Abbey. It's it's by the same people, and it's the same concept, just set in in New York at at uh, during the Robert Baron era. Is that the one that's got and, Cynthia Nixon in it? Yes, she's amazing. She's okay, amazing I watch in it. it. She's a great character, yeah. just grumpy, and yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I really want to recommend, and I cannot recommend this hard enough, is. Um, for all mankind on Apple TV plus, uh, it, it's an alternate future. Well, it's an alternate history about if the Soviets landed on the moon first and caused a cold war space race rather than a cold war arms race. And it, it, it's fantastic. By this point, they're up to the 1990s and they're on Mars and it, it's, it's, 2000s or 2000s actually. yeah you're right it is the last season with us was the 90s it's now they're in the early 2000s and it's it's fantastic starts in the 60s uh over four seasons they get up to the early 2000s and uh joel kinnaman's in it nice it, 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 if if nothing else that that'll bring me into anything joel kinnaman can be in it this is a, a Ron Moore production, and he's pulled in a lot Ooh. of the, Ooh, really? the Trek okay, that's got me even more. from the 90s to help. Oh, I know yeah. the Akutas are a part of the production oh, really? team, oh, so wow. a lot of the a lot of like the displays and stuff are done by Mike and Denise, Denise Akuta. Oh, awesome. Any BSGers showing up in that? Uh, Any Battlestar Galactica? Uh, uh, no, the cast no. hasn't been a lot from no. Trek. No, but there, there hasn't been the, any you can, cast from any previous stuff. I think they, they you can see the, the storylines and the drama is really trek based yeah. okay and, and, and it's yeah. really interesting because it shows an alternate history where where things didn't turn out the same way they did but they almost kind of do like uh, uh bill clinton only got one term um robert kennedy was president at one point yeah because he didn't get assassinated uh yeah yeah there, there just a few different things that just changed so much and it it's this fascinating alternate history to watch it, it's very realistic very grounded it, it's worth a worth a watch that um, sounds right on my joel kinnaman yeah. is fantastic I, yeah i don't know how they're gonna keep aging him up i i i don't <laughs> think he's gonna survive this season i'll be honest i i think his yeah. his aging makeup in this season is really destructive yeah i, I agree <laughs>